It is council night here in New Britsky. Um, we are here at 6.30 to do 40 Live with you guys this evening. For those of you who watch faithfully, you know that I come to you live before every council meeting to go through the agenda with you, talk about some notable things that have happened, some things that are coming up, uh, and take some time to answer any questions that you guys have. Pull up my agenda here. So thank you everybody for tuning in. Hi, Tina, Maria. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much. Um, all right. So recent, let's talk about some recent events. Hi, Deb. Janice, how are you? Good to see everybody. Um, <clears throat> we had a lot of stuff that's been happening. So many things that have been happening have been super busy. If you guys are following me on Facebook, you certainly know all of the things that we have had that have been going on. La Vision, thank you very much for tuning in. Um, Tony, Anthony, Jessica, hi guys. Whoops, let me fix that piece of hair real quick. Commissioner, Papa. <laughs> hey Kevin, how are you? All right, guys, so let me uh, go through just a couple things. Um, we've had a lot that's been happening and and going on in town. Last week, uh, we broke ground on the Stanley Loop Trail, the phase two of the Stanley Loop Trail project. If you guys haven't um, <clears throat> paid attention to what I've been talking about there, um, the Stanley Loop Trail is actually the second phase. You guys know um, the first trail that we established over at AW Park, the one that goes through the woods, everybody loves, absolutely love that. This is the second phase of the Stanley Loop Trail and the second phase of that, it's actually gonna be connecting <clears throat> AW to Stanley Quarter. It's gonna come um, behind Holmes Elementary School through the woods there and it, there's, a, a, there's a trail that's kind of already there and we're gonna be paving that over. It's gonna cross Blake Road, come up behind Stanley Quarter uh, Park, come all the way through the park up behind the skate park area and come down through the park and out towards um, the entrance <clears throat> right at the corner there um, at Eddie Glover Boulevard uh, and Stanley Street right in front of CCSU. So it's a really great project. We broke ground on that um, last week. We get all these great grants uh, that we're able to take advantage of, especially for outdoor <clears throat> uh, recreation. And uh, the city only has to contribute about 20% match to that, which is amazing. So, you know, you're doing $3 million projects for and only having to pay 20% of the cost. Another one that we uh, just received, we just got word that we received a $13.5 million grant to finish the Beeline Trail. So another trail that we're going to be doing that connects the multi-use trail from Fast Track to come all the way through the city, down Columbus Boulevard, um, cross over by Achieve Financial, go all the way down Black Rock Avenue into Plainville. And it's gonna connect the uh, route then in Plainville to the Farmington Heritage Canal Trail. It's gonna be this one big trail. We're calling it the Beeline Trail. Um, it's gonna be <clears throat> great. We just uh, received word yesterday that we got the federal grant to make that happen. So we're super excited about that. Um, what else did I do last week? I had lunch with Dr. Toro from CCSU. She's awesome. And we had a great conversation about upcoming projects at Central and Central's impact on our community and, and how Central has been growing exponentially. And as a CCSU alum, of course, these things make me happy to, to talk about. Um, and I just wanna give a shout out to um, the police department while we're at it too. Last week, 
two weeks ago, we had a national night out. National night out was a great success downtown Central Park here. Um, it was awesome. Great for the uh, community to come together uh, and uh, with our police department and have a lot of fun. So that was fun. Um, today, I had a uh, fun time with our new superintendent, Dr. Tony Gasper. Uh, Dr. Gasper and I went on a little tour. I took him on a, on a little tour of the city through all of our neighborhoods uh, to show him uh, where our families and where our kids come from based off of each school. So it was really a, a great, great conversation. He's a great guy. I have a lot of, uh, a lot of hopes for the work uh, that he's gonna do with the school district. And I'm really thrilled to have a, what's starting off to be um, the start of a, a great relationship with the new superintendent. And um, I'm really hopeful for the work that we'll be able to do together um, to improve student outcomes in our city, because at the end of the day, that's what it's all about getting our babies uh, educated and educated uh, well and sending them off to their next uh, path in in life. Uh, and my cousin is texting me, telling me I need to get my nails done. Thanks, Carly. I know, I have an appointment on Friday to get them done. Don't judge me. <laughs> um, anyways, um, what else uh, do we have going on? Um, let's talk about some upcoming events. So I have, um, mobile mayor's office coming up next week at Alvarium Coffee on Thursday uh, from <clears throat> uh, 9.30 to 11 a.m. We're going to be at Alvarium Coffee doing my mobile mayor's office. You guys can drop in, say hello, grab a cup of coffee, hang out with me for a little bit, come and personally talk to me about anything you might need uh, to speak to me about if you want. I'm always happy to do these mobile mayor's office um, events. Um, <clears throat> I am, oh, I did a post about crossing guards. I know I'm kind of like, um, you know, <laughs> going through a lot of stuff right now. I did a post about crossing guards. If you guys know of anybody who's interested in being a crossing guard for the city, for the school district, for the upcoming school year, we are taking applications. Um, the police department actually houses, uh, Miss Andrea Hart. She is the director of all of our crossing guards. Her number is 826-3072 and her email is andrea.hart, H-A-R-T, at newbritainct.gov. So if you know of anybody who's interested in applying to be a crossing guard, you can email, give her a call, um, pick up an application at the police department. You know, we always need great people um, keeping our kiddos safe as they're walking to school. Um, <clears throat> I also, um, I'm going to start next week with doing some a series of educational videos for everybody about charter revision. So charter revision, I know you've heard me start to talk about this. Um, I've recorded, pre-recorded some videos that I'm gonna share with you guys that really help and aim to educate everyone about what charter revision is and the questions that you'll see on your ballot this November. So there's gonna be two questions that appear on your ballot uh, and I am going to go in depth with a series of smaller, shorter videos, like trying to do like two minutes a piece just so that um, I can uh, teach you about what these changes mean and give you my opinion on them. Um, I am in favor of all of the charter changes. Um, I have, <coughs> uh, we've launched a website, um, yesoncharternb.com if you wanna check it out. Uh, that'll help kind of explain a lot about what may be happening or and what you get the chance to vote on uh, this November. 
Um, all right, let's get into uh, the agenda for tonight. Our city treasurer, Danny Salerno. Greetings, Your Honor. Hope the council meeting is productive. Me too, and quick. Well, I always hope for that. <laughs> um, all right, agenda for this evening. Um, we have, let me start uh, with resolution number one. So first resolution on the agenda tonight is regarding <clears throat> withholding building permits for people who have not paid their taxes. Uh, so oftentimes we see a lot of people come in uh, and they uh, are want to apply for building permits to uh, do work on other properties that they own, but they haven't paid their bills with us. So that is going to be number one on the agenda tonight. Um, it's gone through committee uh, and some things have been changed. However, this gives the authority of the tax collector and the building department to work together in enforcement of withholding uh, building permits if there are delinquent taxes. Um, resolution number two is an authorizing resolution for um, accepting a trans, uh, transit-oriented development grant. Um, this is $2 million. <clears throat> um, I'm sorry, this is for us to submit a grant. So this is for us to submit a grant um, up to $2 million for complete streets uh, plans um, that uh, deal with phase eight of the complete streets master plan. You guys have heard me talking a lot about that lately. Roads, sidewalks, um, road dieting, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of the same things that we've been doing in the downtown area that now we're looking at expanding and taking out citywide. And we're continuing to advocate and apply for additional funding sources so that we can continue these projects throughout the city. This is a, a grant um, that we have identified that we will be able to apply for for the phase eight project, which deals with Myrtle Street, Washington Street, and Burrett Street. Um, so this will allow me to apply for that. I saw a comment here about talking about Osgood Park. Absolutely, Luz, I can talk about that. So tomorrow morning, I will actually be out at Osgood Park because we are starting the demolition of the old pool houses and the buildings. If you haven't driven by it, they are making incredible progress. They actually have the turf field that is all dug out and outlined. They're laying the foundation for that turf field. Uh, we're knocking down the buildings. Progress is happening and it's happening quickly. Um, I have uh, posted before the, the renderings for what uh, the new Osgood Park is going to look like. Added basketball courts, a handball court, um, an actual facility for uh, recreation activities and or for um, people to to utilize our camps will be able to use it um, pal is gonna uh, have a lot more space uh, for practices and things of that nature it's just gonna be a much more um, robust park and a better use of the facility there with added parking um, new playscapes you name it a walking trail that goes around the whole path um, you know not just the turf football field but added um, soccer fields and just a lot more space that is going that is just long overdue I think parking was probably one of the biggest issues there especially when we have football games with the police athletic league uh, so that's going to be addressed in this new plan as well but they're moving quickly and uh, we should be done um, about exactly about a year from now <clears throat> so I I hope so um, let me come back here 
Chamberlain School is looking good, Pat. Yes, it is. They are moving along on that project um, very, very quickly as well. Um, they're over over halfway done. Uh, so we hope that by December of this year, Chamberlain School should be completed uh, and ready for students to start moving in. Not sure if they'll move in mid-year or if they'll wait until the new school year. That's up to the school district, but uh, first things first, gotta get the building complete. Mary asks about Batterson Park. Uh, boy, there's been a lot of drama about um, Batterson Park, huh? Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the news and uh, Hartford Current. So the city of Hartford terminated the agreement with the Batterson Park Conservancy. So what does that mean? Um, it doesn't mean that the project isn't happening. The project is still happening. It's the maintenance agreement uh, that was uh was established between the city of Hartford and this conservancy is no longer. Uh, so from the city's perspective, we are still involved with the city of Hartford and talking with them about what we would like to see um, as the plans are being developed for Batterson. So there are no final plans yet. They are still in the phase of having stakeholder meetings uh, and <clears throat> instead there's a fly in my office. Um, they're still in the process of having stakeholder meetings. However, uh, from my perspective, the city is a little reticent in order to, you know, enter into any agreements per se with the city of Hartford when we don't know what the maintenance of this park is going to look like or what the structure of the maintenance of this park is going to be moving forward. It's no secret. The whole reason why Batterson Park is getting redone is because the city of Hartford didn't pay attention to it for how many years? Almost 10 years. Uh, and so we need, um, we've been going back and forth with their attorneys about ensuring that the city has a voice at the table when it comes to maintenance and upkeep because that impacts our residents uh, and we need to make sure that that's going to work um, work in our favor too and that our residents are going to have access to it. So Batterson Park, while the plans continue to move forward, um, we have to work out that maintenance agreement after the, the project is, is done. <clears throat> um, sorry guys. Uh, Larisha, is downtown going to be used for Halloween again? Uh, I, I think so. Um, the downtown district has a new director that came in, and the last that I had heard, the plan was to have the trick-or-treat safe zone return to downtown this year. I sure as hell hope so. It was one of my favorite events. I always thought it was great. Um, the city is ready to partner with the downtown district in any, any way possible, um, but they have to... Uh, they have to be the ones that initiate that. So I'm hopeful, I'm pretty sure that they're they're planning to, to make it happen. I'll know more in probably the next month or so. Um, oh boy, sorry guys, let me continue scrolling down here. Okay, <laughs> here's Kurt. I'm late to the Stupak show, I love it. <laughs> Welcome back home. I think you were away for a while. Welcome back. <laughs> so sorry, we're in the middle of going through the agenda too. Uh, so I've got resolution number three here, which is the purchase of the new ADA accessible bleachers for the Recreation and Community Services Department. Um, so they'll be purchasing a new ADA accessible bleacher for the Chesley Park turf field, um, utilizing uh, $26,000 with BSN uh, sports. That's going to go for handicap accessible accessible bleachers at Chesley Park. Resolution number four tonight is accepting a grant from the American Savings Foundation. Uh, and this is a grant for the Public Works Department for um, middle school after school programs. So we'll be accepting a grant and um, let's see, for $130,000 uh, 
and it's actually moving some money around from one account to another, but the total grant is in the amount of $130,000 for the 2022-23 academic school year for middle school after school programming. Um, resolution number five is also accepting a grant for the Every Kid Counts after school program. These are after school programming at six of our elementary schools, uh, Chamberlain, Gaffney, Jefferson, North End, Smith, and Smalley. Um, and students in grades three through five are targeted to attend the after school program from 3.35 to 6 p.m. And that is the total amount of $323,756. These are the after school programs that um, uh, the Parks and Recreation Department does. <clears throat> that is resolution number five. Resolution number six is another acceptance of a grant for our after-school programming for the following school year um, at DiLoretto, Holmes, and Vance. Hold on, let me read that again. Three elementary, DiLoretto, Holmes, and Vance. Yes, and this program goes from 3.30 to 5.45. And uh, this is a five-year grant um, for a total of $850,000. It's called the 21st Century Community Learning Center Grant. This is the second year of funding that we are um, accepting. So it's a total over five years for $850,000. And each year we have to appropriate uh, the necessary funds to bring it to these schools. Resolution number seven tonight deals with renovations to Stanley Golf Course. Stanley Golf Course has a special revenue fund, so that means that the money that we make from the golfers, it goes into a special revenue fund that doesn't touch the general funds, so it doesn't touch anything that our um, taxpayer dollars go to fund. However, um, the operations are still governed by the city and governed by the city council. So um, this is utilizing $300,000 from the golf course revenue account to hire a company called Cover the Tees for the design and installation of a new driving range tea, uh, building and tee cover for the hitting bays at the golf course. So obviously when you um, have an attraction like that, you have to make sure that you're investing money and investing your proceeds to help keep it up and keep the infrastructure up. And, and this will be really modernizing the experience at the golf course. If any of you watching are golfers, um, all of us uh, who are golfers drool over the thought of, you know, a top golf being in New Britain. Um, look it up google it it's kind of cool it's like this like you know three-tier driving range and while we certainly can't have anything as snazzy as that um we're going to try to to improve our facility to to compete and i think that's what's important competing so that we keep business and keep making money resolution number eight <clears throat> um deals with uh, some ordinance changes to amend the code of ordinances um, uh, about part-time employees. Um, it's just identifying that uh, we, the definition of a part-time employee, the definition that we had was really old and, and outdated. It talks about not working um, more than 20 hours in any more one week or not more than five months in any calendar year. However, that's not really, the five month part is not really applicable uh, because it's it's just 20 hours in a week defines a part-time person. We do have part-time people that work much more than five months out of the year. They're working year round, they're just part-time employees. And so uh, technically we shouldn't have it according to this ordinance and so that needs to be, be amended. Um, uh, it's just not practical. We find things like this all the time. There's 
pages, hundreds of pages of city ordinances that were created decades ago. Um, and sometimes they just don't apply to the way that things work now. And so when we come upon them, this is how we start the process of changing them. Resolution number nine um, is a contract with A1 Engineers for construction um, inspection services. This is just to be put on our on-call engineering list for construction and inspection services for the Public Works Department. Um, for, is it A1 or AI? engineers. Uh, either or. Um, resolution number 10 is accepting a grant for um, electric vehicle charging stations for the city from the Department of Energy and Environmental Protection. So we are receiving a grant for $19,500 from Department of Energy and Environmental Protection, also known as DEEP, uh, for the installation of charging stations at publicly accessible locations. Resolution number 11, uh, a takes that $19,500 grant and allocates it um, with who we are going to be utilizing, a supplier called ESC out of West Hartford, Connecticut, and we will be utilizing that $19,500 grant to install them um, in the following locations. So four vehicle charging stations will be upgraded um, in the Boguslawski garage for a cost of $16,333. Two charging stations will be installed in the Chesney parking garage for a cost of $14,000 and two vehicle charging stations will be installed in the Badalato garage for a cost of $8,166.67. The prices vary because of the um, already some some areas we already have the power supply others don't so that's why the prices vary so much. Then the um, resolution number 12 tonight, let me just get through the bid here from ESC. Resolution number 12 tonight deals with, I believe, the installation of an ATM machine in City Hall. Yes, it does. Resolution number 12 deals with uh, installation of an Achieve Financial Credit Union ATM machine in City Hall. Um, we've been trying to do this for, for years, except that um, most companies wanted to charge the city in order to put an ATM in City Hall, and really wasn't worth us paying that, that fee when you have um, ATMs that are within walking distance, like TD Bank. Um, however, uh, Achieve Financial, we have... Um, worked out an agreement with them that's on the agenda tonight where we don't have to pay for them to install it. There obviously will be user fees that will be passed along to the people for the convenience, um, but we're used to that. So that will be here in the building soon, which is nice. Uh, resolution number 13 is going to get referred to committee tonight. This is a tax modification agreement um, for Maine and Chestnut LLC for the potential development of 157 Main Street. This item will come back before the, the council. It's going to get referred to committee for further um, discussion. Resolution number 14 um, is a the purchase and sale agreement for 157 Main Street. Again, this is going to get referred to the Planning, Zoning, and Housing Committee for further discussion, and then it will come back. Um, probably will look a little bit different when it comes back, so that's why I don't want <clears throat> to get everybody all excited about it now. Um, but we'll wait for that to come back from committee. Um, this is for the purchase and sale of 157 Main Street. That's the parking lot on Main Street in between the police department and the old CCSU 
ICU building. And the last resolution this evening um, is a contract with CEI for dam and dike inspections for the water department. Um, and uh, this is to conduct inspections of the seven dams and two dikes in the city's reservoirs in accordance with Department of Energy and Environmental Protection's dam inspection regulations. Um, and that is our city council agenda for this evening. Uh, Lou says, any news on health department doing vaccine for monkeypox and COVID boosters? So Lou's, we um, are not one of the sites for uh, the state's supply of the monkeypox vaccine. However, if you do go to the state um, Department of Public Health website, they do list all of the um, all of the health departments or community health centers or federally qualified health centers that will be offering, that are offering the vaccine. Uh, I believe the closest one is in Hartford. So if you visit the state's Department of Public Health website, they will have all of those um, listed. You can also get a COVID booster at Community Health Center. You can get it um, at the urgent care. You can also get it at the hospital. Um, we are currently under construction for our new health department underway on Pearl Street that is attached to the uh, uh, senior center. Um, so we're, they're working very quickly on that too and that should actually be, hopefully be ready by uh, the winter time as well. Marilyn asks for speed bumps on Maple Street. So I know everybody like loves the thought of speed bumps. Um, unfortunately, we the city will not install them. Uh, we won't install them on streets um, and I will tell you why. I know no one likes to hear that uh, because we cannot create uh, a culture of winners and losers when it comes to who gets speed bumps and who doesn't. Everybody in every street in the city would want speed bumps. We don't have the manpower, the resources uh, to be able to effectively, um, you know, put them in, then maintain them. And then in the winter time, you're gonna be calling me pissed off because your street didn't get plowed because we couldn't get a damn plow over the speed bump or because the plow took the speed bump out. There's other ways that we can enforce traffic calming measures and that's through the police department. So if you wanna sidebar me and send me a private message, um, we can have the police department do speed enforcement um, in, in the area. Millie says, I don't know if you addressed this or not, but what's with the remodeling of Mount Pleasant Project and Bond Street? Yeah, so I published or I, I posted the letter that I sent to the housing authority. And while there is nothing that is happening right right now at this moment in time, this is mere planning purposes. Um, I just needed to uh, extend uh, my opinion on the importance and the fact that I think that the housing authority needs to make a priority, the renovation of Mount Pleasant. Um, every time I drive by there, it just makes me like cringe um, that of, of, you know, what it looks like, the conditions people are living in, um, and it's not right. And so um, I sent a letter to them charging them to start taking seriously the renovation and the plans for Mount Pleasant. When I first became mayor, almost, my God, um, nine years ago at this point, um, there were plans in place. Uh, there was a plan that they were ready to move forward with for the rent complete demolition and rebuild of Mount Pleasant. And I was so supportive of that then. And then unfortunately, um, you know, uh, things happen, um, executive directors change, boards change, um, and things just never got off the ground. So I think um, now you have a board and a board chair and an executive director who are committed to seeing the project happen. And so what they're going to be doing starting now um, is hiring a uh, private um, uh, 
like an engineer, an engineering firm that's going to come up with architect and engineering and design standards for what the renovated Mount Pleasant could look like and also needs to come up with a relocation plan because obviously you're going to do it in phases and people are going to have to be moved, excuse me, and relocated for the time being until they can move back into their new units and so this is just the beginning uh, the very beginning of this process and I hope and I've told them that you know by um, you know within a year I think that that's a decent amount of time to have set plans put in place so that we can start going out and finding funding to make it a reality so I, I wanted everybody to know about it because I think that as we're talking about all these other housing projects and developments that are happening I need people to know that um, you know our low-income housing has not been forgotten um, and that that is still just as much of a priority um, as ever and so uh, you know I I um, understand a lot and I hear a lot of the complaints from a lot of you about the conditions um, who live in there and, and I just want people to know that it's it is happening it is going to happen um, it's gonna take a little bit but nothing's happening like tomorrow um, and but it's gonna happen <clears throat> um, let me come back here. Natalie says, what is happening with repairing the memory brick walkway at Walnut Hill Park? So that's been a kind of a mess. Um, and it's taken a long time. So um, initially that brick walkway was put in and it was maintained uh, by, uh, an one, by an employee that worked for Klingberg Family Centers. And it was in partnership with the Connecticut Breast Health Initiative. Well, fast forward however many years, um, that employee has long retired. Um, and the Breast Health Initiative, you know, never, you know, uh, found anybody new to do the upkeep or maintenance on it. It was never supposed to be the responsibility of the city, but lo and behold, everything always ends up being piled in my lap, right? Um, so it has taken us years to try to figure out um, who <laughs> bought bricks uh, umpteen years ago. Uh, and we still aren't 100% sure on this, um, but we have to figure out um, who purchased the bricks, what were the names that were on the bricks. This is like like playing Tetris um, and trying to figure out and make sure that we get it right. So we, we have most of the information. There's still some missing pieces. And unfortunately, um, you know, the onus is going to fall on me, I'm sure, to try to find money in order to do um, the proper repair of it. In hindsight, I probably uh, would have done things very differently um, with putting this together for um, way there's ways that you can put these types of brick memorial walkways together so that they last for an eternity instead of you know 25 years um, but please know you know we're working with the the Connecticut Breast Health Initiative we're working um, with the Community Foundation of Greater New Britain to try to access uh, some funding to be able to repair it repair it properly and make sure that we get it right because the last thing we want to do is start repairing it and then spell people's names wrong or you know put wrong bricks back in place so it's definitely taken uh, <clears throat> a long long time um mark says wants to talk about the homelessness issue okay um so sure i think that um sorry guys let me just kind of scroll down through here jose say hello to grandma eileen we worked with her way back in the day i'm assuming at dunbar right <laughs> i will definitely uh tell her jose no problem um so uh homelessness so i do have to go because it's seven o'clock shit um thank you crystal <laughs> but homelessness 
Our numbers are actually the numbers that we have. Um, we have a really robust system for addressing those that are in need of housing in our community. Um, we are partners with what's called the Central Connecticut Coordinated Access Network. So anybody who is experiencing homelessness can call 211, be placed on the wait list for housing, and they get a meeting with a, a navigator. And um, we're actually looking at utilizing some of our funding from housing and urban development to fund a second navigator for the region because one just isn't enough right now. Um, that is not to say that there is this massive influx of homeless. I think that you're just seeing a lot more home um, people that are on the street because of the weather and because it's nice out and, and you know everybody's out doing their business whether you know it's uh, whatever. Um, we have actually seen a decrease in the last month on the list of names that we have um, on our on our, our list here for people that we need to find housing for. Um, but that is not to say that there is not a housing crisis that is is imminent, right? You have increasing costs because of inflation. You have increasing costs just because of market conditions and people are struggling to make their rent payments. There's no doubt about that. So we do anticipate that we are going to see, just putting my shoes on, um, a lot more uh, issues in the area of, of homelessness. However, right now we don't have have um, those numbers to fit um, that narrative we're not seeing it um, however please know that we have systems and structures that are put in place to properly address it when the need arises however that being said I still you know need to the sandals have to come off the I still need to um, acknowledge the fact that it is becoming harder and harder to afford rent that continues to increase based off of the economy and based off of market conditions that are um, far beyond uh, control. Um, but that also means that the state also needs to increase the amount of affordable units that are available for people who are on these lists. I'm getting the let's go. And that is a struggle that we have. Um, and so the struggle is having affordable housing units that are available. And that's something that we have been definitely making our voice heard on at the state. So every you know new housing development that we do, uh, we are pushing developers for low-income units, especially for permanent supportive housing units um, that uh, need to be addressed. Okay, the uh, deputy mayor is texting me. I really need to go. Okay, bye. Deuces. See you guys. See.